Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church. Glad you've tuned in today or whenever it is, whatever day it is. Just grab your Bibles and follow along with us today. We will be in Romans chapter 9. This is part 5 on the 23rd day of March in 2020. Had a great uh, time in the Lord yesterday, even though we didn't open the doors going through this uh, virus, this uh, noisome pestilence, as the Word of God calls it, in the last days. And uh, for a season here, we uh, have the doors shut, but my son Andrew ministered the Word yesterday and blessed us and, and all those who participated online. If you missed it, you can find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And I encourage you to go listen to the young man preaching, uh, teaching the Word of God there. You will be uh, just very much blessed as we were yesterday. And uh, we're uh, going to, I'm going to come to the office uh, pretty much every day of the week uh, during this season of turmoil, the season of uh, uh, just uh, whatever you want to call it, this attack. Uh, on not just the church, not just the world, not just the nation, but the entirety of the world. The spirit of infirmity has been unleashed. We understand that God is behind it, and my attitude toward it is the same. I'm going to say it's the same as what Jesus told the disciples when they said, Why is this boy blind? Is it because he sinned, or is it because his parents sinned? And Jesus said, No. This boy is blind so that the glory of God may be manifest. And that's what I'm believing about this very noisome pestilence that's taking place right now. Nothing happens without God allowing it to happen. And if God is allowing anything to happen, it will be so that he can be glorified in it somehow. And I just pray that our faith would be what it should be. That means in the cross of Christ and that we would become stronger in the faith in this season that we are in. So I'm going to come to the church uh, up here probably uh, in my office every morning and for a, for a little a time of devotion and for those who are uh, in their homes following the orders uh, that are coming down from heads of state about being home and, and staying away from uh, everybody else as much as possible. So uh, if, if you're in your home, I pray that you'd share this and let people know that I'm going to be up here uh, every morning during the week uh, uh, at 9 a.m. sharing the Word of God. Don't know exactly where we'll be, what we'll be sharing, but I'm going to come up here every morning during this season of attack. We are under attack, but no weapon formed against us shall prosper, God has said, and I believe what God has said over the way anything looks, the way anything feels, anything at all, God's word has been exalted by his own self above his own name. <clears throat> Therefore, I will trust in the word of the Lord in the darkest hour because his word never fails. Hallelujah, and I'm thankful for that. But to our teaching today, Romans chapter 9, again, this is part 5, and grab your Bibles and we will jump in and hear the word of the Lord today. Uh, 
where we are is in chapter 9, as I said, verse 13. And the Bible here says, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And, 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 and I'm going to say something about this. I'm going to make a very uh, simple comment that you never need to move away from. Uh, if you move away from it, then you may find yourself in trouble in believing the false predestination teachings that are everywhere on every corner, that God created some to go to hell and God created some to go to heaven, not in your Bible. You won't ever find that. What you will find are things that totally refute that, that God didn't create hell for men, that Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men, that it's not God's will that any should perish. And those are all scriptures, and you need to know that. If you don't know that, then you will run. Listen, if you don't know what the Bible says, you'll run with anything false that comes along. And if you say, no, I won't, well, it doesn't matter what you say, you already are. If you don't know what the Bible says, you're already running with that which is false, even if it's your own false thinking. But know this this morning. To stay on track and to know that which is biblical and right, you've got to understand God never created anyone to hate. And I don't mean he didn't create them to be haters. I mean he never created anyone so that he could hate them. He didn't even create Lucifer so he could one day hate him. And oh, God hates the enemy. God hates the liar, the father of lies, but he did not create him to be able to hate him. He created Lucifer for an entirely different purpose than which he operates today. He created men for an entirely different purpose from that which we are born into and operate today. He created the world. The Bible says uh, that he, he didn't create the world in vain and without form, Isaiah 45, 18. Although when we read the creation account, we see that the, the, the earth was without form and void. But when we read Isaiah 45 and 18, we see that he didn't create it that way. So men are the things God has created, even angels, uh, have fallen from their first estate. God didn't create us to hate us. God created us for his own good pleasure, to love us. Lucifer led a revolt, and a third of the angels followed him out of heaven. Men were created in God's image and given authority over the entirety of the earth. Men fell from their place of relationship with God, and we fell from our place of obedience to God. We moved ourselves into the place of obedience to that one who is a liar, and we lost authority, giving it to him. That's why the Bible says that the devil is the God of this world, that he had the power of death until Jesus came, and through that avenue reconciles men unto himself through the shed blood of Jesus. You need to understand this. I'm going to say it again. God didn't create anything. He didn't form anything at the potter's wheel to hate because he's a God of love. And the only hatred you will ever see coming out of God toward anything 
is in toward that which rejects him, refuses him, doesn't want anything to do with him, his way, and his order. Now, there are a lot of people that claim they want to serve God. Cain brought a sacrifice, but it was an, an obedient sacrifice, so God rejected his sacrifice, therefore God rejecting him. And so we never need to forget that. I'm going to say it again this morning. God has never created anything, formed anything at his potter's wheel for him to hate. You get that. You understand that. You believe that. Then you won't be carried away into the false predestination teachings that are out there. And so here we see in Romans 9 and 13, the Bible says, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What did God hate about Esau? It wasn't Esau just as Esau. It was Esau said to God, I'm not interested in your birthright. He sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. I want you to think about that. You can read the story in Genesis chapter 25. He, he sold his birthright. What was his birthright? His birthright, his birthright was to be, a, he was the firstborn son. That's right. And his birthright was to be able to carry the seed of the woman promised way back in the Garden of Eden that the Messiah would come through. Now, I want you to get that. He, he, he's telling God, I'm not interested in the birthright. He says, what profit? You can find it in Genesis 25. He says to his brother, uh, Jacob, what profit is it to me? I'd rather have a bowl of soup. That attitude, God hates. Because that is a rejection of the one and only one thing God has offered to show us he loves us. To impart that love to us. To make us his again, to restore us to him, to save, <coughs> justify, sanctify, deliver, and every other thing that is, that, that is in the package of by grace through faith comes through the Redeemer. Everything. not The cross is not just about forgiveness of sin. That had to take place to get us in Christ and to cause us to be righteous and justified in the eyes of God. But the cross of Jesus Christ has to be the object of everyone's faith daily or there will be no grace given, multiplied. Only that which God resists. God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. Think about this. And who are the proud? It's not the people who walk around with their chin up high because they think they're better than everybody else. That is a type of pride. But in God's eyes, pride is simply not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary for everything. For your next message, preacher. For the anointing to preach and teach, preacher. If, it's the, if the cross is not your only object of faith, then God is not behind what you're doing. There are counterfeits filling the body of Christ today. The tares have been allowed by God to grow along with the wheat. Amen, Brother Curtis. And we need to realize that. We need to know that. So, 
Watch this now. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. See, and that's the question that needs to be asked. What do you mean God hated Esau and loved Jacob? Man, that doesn't sound like a righteous God to me. That doesn't sound right to me. He says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? That question is asked upon hearing that statement. Is God unrighteous? See, that he brings the word unrighteous again. Because without being righteous, without righteous acts by God, and God performed righteousness in his son, through his son at the cross. Righteousness comes through no other way. God doesn't see us as righteous because we're doing right things. He sees us as righteous exclusively and only through our faith in what his son did that was righteous in his eyes. It's only through that avenue we've become righteous in Christ before God. It's only through that avenue after we've become righteous in the eyes of God to be able to bear forth the fruits of his righteousness. You understand that, Christian? Just because you've been saved, God has justified you in your position. Today he looks and wants to know, will you be found today? not having your own righteousness, not trusting in your own works, Philippians 3, 9, but in that which he did in Christ at Calvary, that is what you're trusting in. Let me ask you something as the whole world goes through this pandemic of the corona, uh, uh, noisome pestilence, the virus that's running rampant at this very moment, causing restaurants and and, and and places of business to be shut down, churches to not be meeting, not be gathering, and, and all, all sporting events, all clubs, bars. I mean, I mean there's very, very little traffic on the road today because even uh, uh, states are telling their people to stay at home. Don't help the spread of this virus. Think about this. God is in the midst of this, rearranging, restructuring, strategically doing things that we don't know about. But God is interested in you today, in your condition. This is what's been wrong with the church, listen to me, for centuries. The church has just rested upon its justification and its position in Christ. And you have to rest upon that and the understanding and the knowledge of that. But you cannot go through this life as a Christian and not understand that God is looking to find you in your condition, in your present condition, your very works. Or is it the works of the Holy Spirit in your life through you because of your faith in the only place God has given you to place your faith for your heart to believe in? And that's in the righteousness of God, Romans 10 and 10. Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross. You know there is no other avenue for initial or daily grace, which is the only avenue of righteousness other than the death of Jesus. Write it down, Galatians 2 and 21. There is no other avenue. Yes, we're righteous in Christ, but here's the thing we need to ask ourselves. Is God finding us today? Paul said that I may be found not having mine own righteousness, not trusting in what I'm doing, but in that righteousness 
that is the righteousness of God by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means my faith in what he did at Calvary. You need to think about that. God is not unrighteous for resisting the proud, for hating that those that resist him. When God is offering you all things in his Son and you spit in God's face, Oh, know this, there's a hatred that comes for God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that God is angry with the wicked every day. He's angry with the wicked every day. Why is God angry with the wicked? Because he has offered them all things. In the death of his son, God gave his only begotten son that you and I may not perish, that we were born doing perishing when we were conceived in our mother's womb, we were perishing, but that we might believe upon Christ and have everlasting life. Praise God, that's good news. So he, he says, God forbid, God forbids that you think that he's unrighteous because he hated Esau and loved Jacob. God forbids you to think that way. God forbids that you think he's unrighteous because he hated Esau and loved Jacob. Now let's keep reading here. For he saith to Moses, and he keeps referring back to Scripture, because there's where we find a confirmation of what is given us in the new covenant. He says, For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that wills it, nor of him that hastily tries to run after it, but of God, here comes the key phrase, of God that shows mercy. God that shows mercy. Now I'm going to tell you something. Write this down because we, in our study, righteously divide the word of God in Titus chapter 2, the Bible says that the grace of God that brings salvation to me has the, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. God's not hiding what he did at Calvary. The Bible has been around. God, as I've heard a great teacher, Brother Larson, say for years, God give every man two things for sure, and that's to be in creation, to see the creation of his, the earth, the, the heavens, to see it. He gave us all creation, and he gave us all a conscience. Those two things should drive every man to search for God, and those who search for God, for the truth of God, to be saved from their sins by God, will find the truth. Hallelujah. Think about that. So then it's not of him that wills it, nor of him that hastily runs after it, but of God that shows mercy. Where is mercy seen? How does God show us his mercy? Through the gospel. Through the gospel. Only through the gospel. In the Old Testament, we read about God creating this nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, the 12 tribes of Israel, and establishing in that nation the tabernacle, the place where God dwelt among his people, uh, above the 
Ark of the Covenant that had on top of it the mercy seat of grace. I call, I add the last part because where there's mercy, God is gracious. Hallelujah. And it's the mercy seat is where the blood was sprinkled. And there God said, I will meet with you and I will commune with you. And here's where you will have your sins atoned for, forgiven. And we can continue to abide together because of the blood being shed. Think about that. And the, the, the mercy seat inside the tabernacle, the holiest place of all that only the high priest one day a year could go into was all symbolic of the one high priest, the last great high priest that would come, Jesus Christ, God's son, the Lamb of God, to lay his life down for all humanity because God loves all humanity. Hallelujah. Well, I thought here the Bible says God hates some. Let me tell you something, friends, and I said this last week, and I want you to get this. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes upon him, one avenue. Oh, God loves the world. But the experience of that love and that mercy is shown only to those who come to the one way he's offered to all of humanity to save them and to bring them back to a place of fellowship, to reconcile us back to a place of dominion and power and fellowship and love with him. And that is the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, God loves all the world. But, the, but he, he has narrowed the way of the experience of that love to the cross of his own son, you need to understand that God's not loving you outside that avenue. There's an angry God outside that avenue. There's a hatred flowing from God outside that avenue. You need to hear that. All those who are rejecting God by rejecting His Son, rejecting the way of the cross, there is a hatred that flows from God. There's a resistance and a rejection. Romans 1.18 says that even those who hold God's truth in an unrighteous context, that his wrath is revealed from heaven against all their ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now, that not, that's not just speaking of lost people. That's speaking of preachers who stand in pulpits and hold God's truth in the context of unrighteousness. That means outside the avenue of what Christ did at Calvary for us. The Bible is all about that. That's not just what it took to get us in the Bible. That's what the Bible is all about. Hallelujah. God shows mercy to those who know they need a Savior. You don't know you need a Savior until you realize God created all things. I have this conscience that convicts me that, it, that I use my conscience and every human does to excuse sin if I'm getting my way, and when I stop getting my way, then I go from excusing sin to accusing of sin. That's Romans 2, 14 and 15 for us Gentile world, for God even had the law written in our hearts, and we prove it uh, through our conscience by excusing and excusing, accusing. As long as you're doing something, even though it's sinful, if I'm getting something out of it, I'll excuse it. 
But the moment you turn on me and I stop benefiting from what you're doing, even though it's wrong, I've been allowing it, I've been excusing it as sin, but the moment you turn on me and I stop getting something out of it, I go from excusing it now to calling everybody in the neighborhood and accusing you. See, that all happens in the conscience, and hear me now, it all happens under law. But when grace comes along, I realize I've been forgiven. I've been shown mercy, and therefore I show mercy, and I forgive, and I have the Spirit of God <coughs> dwelling in me, and as long as I keep choosing to trust in that which Christ did for me at Calvary to show me that love and to give me that love, then I can keep forgiving and loving. God shows mercy to those who come to Him through faith in His Son, and what his son did at Calvary. For there is no mercy outside of that. We get it wrong. We get it wrong when we say God is being merciful to the world. No, 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 no. God is being long-suffering toward the world. He's patiently waiting on all those that hate him today to see him today. Like the thief on the cross, there was two in a moment. One of the thieves began to believe upon Christ. God is long-suffering. Mercy only comes through way of the cross to those who God shows it to. When he, they hear the gospel, they realize they're a sinner. They need a Savior. They're hearing the Jesus of the gospel, the Jesus who laid his life down because God sent him out of a pure love of who he is. And Jesus loved us enough to come and lay his own life down. He loved the Father and us enough to do it. And the Holy Spirit loves you enough today to keep reminding you that this is the only avenue through which God will operate. How It's the only avenue of love. And if our faith is legitimate, Galatians 5 and 6, it works by that love, not some love out here. Well, I think I'll just go love, folks, and that'll be faith. No, God looks for a man in the deepest part of who he is, the heart of man, not the thing pumping our blood, but with the heart of who we are, we believe upon the righteousness of God. That's what we believed upon. When we trusted Christ, God was showing us his mercy. God wants to save everybody. Don't believe the lie for one minute that God created some so that he can hate some. That's being taught, and that's a lie in and of itself. They don't understand the Scripture. They don't understand the Scriptures, just like the, the folks in Jesus' day did, couldn't understand why. Well, if this woman was married to him, and he died, and she then married his brother, and he died, and she just went down the list, and they all kept dying <clears throat> before it was over, she'd done been married to every brother. Well, whose wife is she going to be in heaven? Jesus said, you err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Let me tell you something, folks. When God shows up on a day like today and gives you flat-out scripture, you better let go of that which you've been taught that's false because, as I said last session, if you don't, your conscience can't be clear before God. If you see scripture that tells you it's not God's will that any should perish, that Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. Those two scriptures alone, plus Jesus taught us that God didn't create hell for men. God didn't create hell for men. 
and hell will be full of only those who hated God and God hated. And I want you to hear that. Because they rejected him. They didn't want to know him. They had no intention of ever serving God. It's like the German scientist, I forget his name, that said, I don't believe in God. I won't ever believe in God. If you bring God and stand him in front of me, I will believe him all the, all the more. I will believe not upon him all the more. Just like Pharaoh. But know this, as I close today, the Bible says in Psalms 33 and 15, never remember this. I mean, never remember this. Always remember this. Never forget it. God shapens all men's heart alike. You, see, you need to know these scriptures you've been given today. This is what the equipping of the saints is all about so that you won't jump on every bandwagon of false wind of doctrine that blows through town because men show up anointed of the devil to twist scriptures to get you to believe something that's not true. Something that would make you think God didn't give his son for everybody. That God created some to literally be in hell. It's not in your Bibles. And the scriptures men use to try to tell you that they pervert the scriptures, therefore their faith is perverted, therefore they are perverted before God. Then he goes into this scripture in verse 17, For the scripture said unto Pharaoh, For even for this same purpose have I raised you up, that I might show my power in you, that and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now, we're going to stop right there because we're out of time. But we're going to start right here in the next session because this is very important. God raised Pharaoh up. God raises even those that will rebel against him up to use them to show his power through the usage he gets out of them. Know that God is using the devil today. Not the same way he uses us. But God is using the devil. I believe that will be the greatest torment for Satan himself. For all eternity, the greatest torment will be upon him <coughs> because all of eternity, with no end forever and forever, he will then no longer be deceived in believing his lies. He will then come to the realization that even in his rebellion, God was using him for his own glory, but to no benefit to the devil himself. I don't want to be in that boat. God's using everything on the planet today in some way, but I want to be used by God in a way that glorifies God and changes me into his very image. Hallelujah. Join us again in the morning right here in my office. I'll be here. We'll be sharing the word, encouraging you that we are going to make it through this noisome pestilence. We're going to make it through. We're going to shine brighter when we come out the other side. And God's going to have, when it's all said and done and the dust settles, God's going to have done some things, changed some things, rearranged some things that maybe we didn't like when we were going through, but we're going to like it when it's all said and done. God bless you. I love you. And until next time, don't take your eyes off Jesus and what he did at Calvary. 
for that's what God looks at and through at all times. Hallelujah. I'll see you then.